This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Am I here? Can you hear me? Am I alive? I'm alive. I know I'm alive. Thank you. All right. I want to just say thank you for this opportunity and, and, and Pastor Bev and Dr. Dr. Bev and Apostle Thea. It's absolutely an honor for me to be here today. I just want to say before um, I, I say too much, I want to say Apostle Thea touched a little bit on the other night on our past. We used to be surfers in Durban. And Kelly, the sitting somewhere in the back here, took Apostle Theo to get saved. And Apostle Theo and Henry and myself, Dr. Henry, we lived in a house on, in Durban North. And Apostle Theo came home that night, and I was sleeping because I work early. He didn't work. <laughs> and, 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 he, and, and, and he said, and he came and he woke me up, and he said, Graham, 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 I've got to tell you something. And he was so excited. And I didn't know what had happened. And he said to me, Graham, I found Jesus. And my immediate answer to him was, because I've never met Jesus at that stage. I said, Theo, I didn't know he, didn't know he was lost. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said to me, Graham, you've got to come and see. I said, Theo, I'm not interested. He said, you've got to come with me. So he made me promise before I went to sleep that the following Sunday he would take me to church. And the following Sunday, I knew what was happening, so I stayed in the back line. And I still remember that red combi coming and parking there, and he was standing on the wall trying to call me, but I tried to look for the big wave. Eventually, I came out, and he took me to church with um, quite a few of the guys, and that night, I got saved. 1971. Thank you, Apostle Theo. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here either. All right. And I just got a little scripture I want to use with that there. John 1:46 says, And Nathaniel said to him, Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Out of Durban. Praise God. Thank you. All right. Um, the last time I stood here was when I got ordained by these two. And I fell down. I don't know how long I was down. But tonight they've promised me I could stay here for 30 minutes. So please be with me. Let's take our seats. 1 John 1 verses 8 to 10 in the New Living Translation says, If we claim we have no sin... We are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. I believe we've each and all sinned, and, but because we're Christians, because we're children of God, and because we, we're not sinners anymore, I ask God tonight, as per 1 John 1, 9, Lord, I confess we've all sinned and come short of your glory. We ask us for 1 John 9 that you forgive us for everything we've done or said or thought that is not pleasing to you. Make us right with you in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I ask you, bless the words of my mouth today as I speak that which you laid upon my heart for this conference, for your people. I yield to you in the name of Jesus. It is an honor to be here. And I'll tell you something. My family and everybody's been saying to me all week, are you nervous? And I've been saying, no. I don't want to tell you now, that was a lie. <laughs> I am nervous. This conference, the theme of this conference is to advance and do not retreat. Now, now I want to say before I go anywhere else, a lot of you don't know me, but I honestly, 
I love Apostle Theo, but I love Pastor Bev, Dr. Bev, because she's got the same mind as me. If you do something wrong, we have friends who have friends who have friends, and I believe that. Really, I, 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 forgive me, Lord. Okay. It's time for the church of God to wake up and to advance and defeat the enemy. We've been accommodating him too long. We've been through the dark and difficult times. It's time for true children of God, disciples, to stand up and be counted. You know, a lot of us, we, we say, well, God has got this. God will get this. God has got nothing if we don't pray it into being. If we don't ask God to set us free, he doesn't do it because he has no authority on this earth. He gave us, the church, the authority. And he said, you go out and do these things. You look after the earth. And when things are going wrong, we're saying, Lord, how can you allow this? It's not him, it's us. I believe that every time things happen and go wrong, Jesus cries next to the Father. Look what they're doing. Not him. So we need to wake up and be counted and start doing things. COVID came and destroyed lives. It destroyed churches. It destroyed businesses. It took even disciples out of the, out of the, the, the marketplace. It closed churches down. It did. That's not God. Then in KZN, and I think you might have had a little bit of a bit, we had the riots that burnt buildings down and destroyed places. That was not God. And as one of the pastors or apostles said earlier, and I don't know all these guys, there's too many apostles and pastors for me, and doctors and, and bishops. And as they said, we stood by and let them do this. As the church, we should have stood up and we should have been counted. And I believe when this happens again, Pastor Bev, I'm coming here. We'll stand together and we'll fight them. Because God said we must fight these people. And we must use his weapons. But he said he must use the weapons he's given us. And I really believe he gave me a nine mil. I will use it. In the middle of the night when a man is breaking in with a big a panga. And he's coming through your window to kill your family. When you pick up your Bible and say, be gone in Jesus' name. If he doesn't go... Firefold ministry. All right. We have people everywhere in fear, family. People have been running around in fear. And this is not, is this not foretold in John, uh, uh, John 10, 10 and 1 Peter 5, 8? 1 Peter 5, 8 in the New Living Translation says, Stay alert. Watch out for your enemy, the devil. He prowls around, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. In other words, he's looking for the person that's not fooled with the spirit. Strong in the Lord. He's going to devour you. In the church, he comes to steal. The first place the devil is, we think that he's out there in the car park, but he's not. The Bible says when you hear the word, when it goes into you, he steals it immediately, which means he's sitting next to you in the church. So watch your handbag and your wife. The devil comes to steal. He is not waiting at the parking at the mall. He is around waiting to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you're not covered, you're gonna. Amen. We've got to understand, family, he's very active at the moment. He's going around as a roaring lion, seek, 
as a roaring lion, seeking to kill, deal, and destroy. We've got to remember he is not a roaring lion, and he is defeated. And I like to say defeated. He's under defeat. <laughs> He's got no authority. We've got to remember it's the head that shakes the tail, not the tail that shakes the head. The devil is nothing, but he's shaking a lot of us. We tremble in our boots when we see things happening around in, the, in our shoes, for those who don't wear boots. But we've got to wake up and be counted. It's time for us to say, Mr. Devil, your time is finished. We, the church, are in control. We cannot look backwards. We've seen what he's done. It's now, now time to advance in the name of Jesus. Many, many people are still looking back and looking at what was happening, where we were, when we were. It's gone, family. Don't dwell in the past. My wife used to often say, uh, just uh, forget about it and move on. Suck it up and move on. <laughs> All right. It's now time to blue. You know, I was in the police for a long time, 27, 20, just on 27 years. And in the police, we were taught, when things go wrong, you get in your van and you go out there and you attend to it. You don't sit and wait and say, ooh, we need something. And then you always work together. I know an order came out many years ago before I left that no policeman may work alone in a vehicle. Why? Two or more will put the enemy to flight. You cannot stand alone against the devil. You know, we look at the devil and, you know, some people paint him as this little dude. What was he called um, with the little horns? He's going around with a fork. And that's who we think he is. Casper. He is not. He is a mighty, mighty person. And the Bible talks to him as being a handsome, strong man. And we think that we're just going to take this dude out. He's powerful. But not as powerful as you and Jesus. As you and the Holy Spirit. And we, we must not forget that. We're reminiscing in the past. Don't look back. It's gone. Let's look to the future. And, and I was, I don't have fear. I come from KZN. I'm a South African. Amen? We don't have fear. We've been there, got the t-shirt. We, we don't all. So we just stand there and we look at these things and say, yeah, come on. What was that? Come on, give me more. We're going to take them out. We need to stand together and fight the enemy. And we have a common enemy. And, and he's not like God who is omnipresent. He's only in one place at a time. So when he's giving you a hard time, call a buddy. And let's sort him out. Every time you give in to the devil, it's another tick that he's won another one. We've got to start winning the battle. I mean, we're powerful. We've we got to stand up. I, I, you know what? I, I believe in standing together and starting to fight the battle. All right, here we go. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst, Matthew 18, 20. When you're fighting spiritual warfare, it's always better to have the head of heaven's army with you. If you've got the head of heaven's army with you, you've got the entire army of heaven. So rather go out into your battle with God with you, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and the chief, is, he'll sort the people out. You know, throughout the Bible in the Old Testament, Gee, this clock is on, it's on steroids. In the Bible, whenever a battle was coming up or trouble was coming up, they were told to arm themselves and get ready. Yes, get down on your knees and pray, but then start arming yourself with all the weapons that God gives you. 
and whatever you can get else. But I believe we gotta be ready. We've gotta be ready. Family, when the devil starts at the door and you're staying with your Bible, and I've had people say that, what are you doing? I'm casting out the devil. <laughs> Friends, it's a book. It's a book. It's not the authority of the power of God. What's in it, in here, is the authority. The book has no power. The word has the power. So it's time now that we started standing up. Read the word and use the word to our advantage. Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 12 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Dark world? Yes. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We have to fight the enemy with the spiritual power. You cannot fight spiritual problems with human problems, earthly problems, powers. So let's start putting on the power of God. Am I saying fight too much, Apostle? Sorry. I, I, I really do. I want to tell you about this Apostle. He took me, I used to, I was a surfer when I first met Apostle Theo and, and Henry, and I was practically living on the beach. I love just to surf. And he took me in and he said, listen, we've got this house, the two of us. Come and share this house with us. And he took me into that house. In that stage, I was a fighter. I was bouncing at nightclubs in Durban. I was a bouncer in some places. <laughs> and he said to me, come and, come, you want to be a bouncer? Come and join me. And we, we used to do karate at Budokan up in top of town. And I started doing karate with he and Henry and those guys. So it changed, he changed my life. And ultimately, I only learned the other night, I have to thank Kelly. Kelly, you did a good deed there, bud. God is good. You need somebody. So why am I telling you this now? Because your families and friends and that will never know Jesus Christ unless you tell them. When I was 21 years of age, I'd, I'd been to the... I've been to church before. Because when I went to army, we were in the bush. And the only way you could get out of the bush into a town was if you were a Catholic. Because the, 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 the Bedford would only take the Catholics to town. So every Sunday, I was a Catholic. <laughs> take me, take me, take me. And I would go off to church. And when they would go into the church, I would go out in Kimberley and places like that. I would just go and walk the streets and, and get some proper food and things like that. And when there was time for the truck to go back to base, I'd go back. But I never knew God until the age of 21. I never knew about him until I was told about Jesus. I was 21. I mean, many people have, my wife was 19 when we got married. Up until that age, you've never heard about Jesus? And I'm telling you, there's people out there that don't know Jesus. The only Jesus they will ever know is you. We are to imitate Jesus. When people see us, they should see Jesus coming. We've all spoken about Jesus, the power of God. When we come down the road, people should look and say, I wonder why they're so different. Because they're walking with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. 
And I was listening, I don't know who it was, please forgive me. At my age, you're allowed to forget things. But somebody spoke today about, um, you know, these people, I am 72. I went home and checked. All right. So, so, so you know, you've got to understand that when you behave, the things you do, the things you say, people look. And if you're not a Christian, they don't care. But if you're a Christian, it makes SABC TV. They're looking for the Christian to fall down. And I'm going to say this publicly now. My brother-in-law passed away, my sister's husband, my baby sister. And when he passed away, we were sharing about Jesus with him. And he said to me, Graham, I don't want to know about Jesus. I have seen the way Christians behave. He passed away with cancer. And we prayed, so we believing our prayers might have got him to heaven. The Bible does say we'll be surprised when we get to heaven one day, how could we see there? We have to be careful how we behave. It can affect that person from going to heaven or hell. So we've got to start behaving ourselves. I know it's difficult at times. 1 John 1, 9, I pray it all day. Father, forgive me, I've sinned and come short of your glory. Thank you, Lord, I'm right again, amen. Driving here five or six times on the highway, yes. I've got to confess, Lord, I've sinned. Because my Bible tells me there's none of us that haven't sinned. So we've got to be careful, because in that time, Jesus can come. In Luke 9, verse 57 to 59, we read that as Jesus... Can we not pull the battery for a minute? I, I just need more time. I, I, was, yeah, I was in this church one day when Pastor Henry was preaching, and in those days they cut your mic. And Pastor Theo, Apostle Theo wasn't here, and he was jumping up and down. If you cut me off, I'll tell my brother. I'll tell my brother. Amen? Yeah. I won't tell my brother, please. In Luke 9, 57 to 59, we read that as Jesus was heading to Jerusalem to go to the cross for us, a man came up to him and said, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And to another, Jesus said, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, let me go and bury my father. Always got an excuse for something, eh? Luke 9, verse 60, 62 says, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied in 62, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is what? Is fit for service in the kingdom of God. He says when you turn back, you are not fit for service in his kingdom. We don't want to hear that. Time is of the essence, family. Time for games and procrastination is over. We have to advance and take control now. And I'll give you quite a few scriptures. And if I read too fast, just look it up in your own book. Luke 17, verse 21, the B part says, the kingdom of God already is within you and among you. This is authority from God for us to go out and do these things. He, he ordered us to do it. He gave us the authority. You don't have to think, well, I'm just small. I, I hate that when I say, you're going to town and you see little Christians walking like this? Your father created the heavens and the earth. You are a mighty, you don't wimp, somebody said. You're a mighty child of God. And you have all authority to trample on the enemy. So no Christian should ever walk like this. We walk with our shoulders back. Yeah. 
fear, 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, which means we don't have to have fear. As I said just now, we're South Africans. We've known fear, and it doesn't bug us anymore. Anyway, when I, first, when I first started preaching the gospel, when I was first ordained and I started preaching, I held back on scriptures from the book of Revelation. Have you all read the book of Revelation? It's frightening, but it's exciting. So I didn't want the new converts to come and read the book. I should say, listen, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, etc. but then you come to the Revelation one day. Because the book of Revelation is what is going to happen. The book of Revelation, uh, the Holy Spirit brought me right. And I realized that teaching on the book of Revelation was not teaching the truth, by not, was not teaching the truth, true word of God. And the revelation is unnecessary for us. In Revelation 1.1, 1, 1, John wrote, and I, I've added this just today because I want to explain, I want Revelation 1.3, but I want to use Revelation 1.1. 1, 1. John wrote and he said, oh gee, this is when I need my eyes, because this is my writing. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must take place. Things which must take place. Revelation 1 verse 3 says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written, because the time is near. Revelation 1.19 says, Write the things which you have seen and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. I'll tell you at the end of every book, the letter was sent to the churches. He said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. If you have an ear, listen to it. That is the churches, brother. That's you and I. It's not the buildings. Revelation 22 verse 7 says, behold, I am coming quickly. This is what I want you to take this in today. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Revelation 22.12 says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Normally when I preach, I've, nobody will leave me. I've got all day. So please, I'm going a bit faster. Revelation 22.20, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Matthew 24, 36 says, Jesus said, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels even, but only my Father. Why am I giving you scriptures? I want to give you these scriptures so you know. It's not just a story. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming for what? A church that is ready and waiting. Luke 12, verse 35 to 36, be dressed for service and keep your lamp burning as though you were waiting for your master return from the wedding feast when you least expect it. Now, I know some people say we're going to see this explosion in the sky and everything's going to go wrong. We'll know he's coming. I don't believe that's going to happen. We'll be gone, and I'm going to prove that to you now. Luke 12, 40 says, you must, also be, you must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect him. Is the church ready? 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, which is a blink. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. Now I want to give you a little, you can Google and whatever they do these days, do it. Did you know that an average person blinks somewhere between 10,000 and 20,000 times a day? All right, so if Jesus is coming in a blink, that is an average of every four seconds. Wow. Don't worry about that. Let's look at the twinkling of an eye. 
The twinkling of an eye is in the time a microprocessor does a calculation which is around 11 hundredths of a second. Or some researchers say five to eight milliseconds. Jesus will appear in five to eight milliseconds and will be gone. You will not see the people going. You can blink or twinkle, whatever you want to do, but you're gone. Your mother was here and now she's not. Your child was here and now they're not. Or they are here and you're gone because you never told them about Jesus. And when you get there, you say, Lord, Lord, what about my family? Now's the time to tell your family. Friends, family, this is what we're preaching right now in our churches is Jesus is coming and everybody that doesn't know him as their Lord and Savior is going to hell. No sin will ever enter the kingdom of heaven. And only if they know about Jesus and he's the one that forgives your sins will they go there. I am afraid that so many of our families are going to hell. They're going to hell. The American author wrote, Napoleon Hill, victory is always possible for the person who refuses to stop fighting. We're at war, family. Are we ready? Jesus is coming for the church that is ready and waiting. Are you ready? 1 Thessalonians 4, 6 and 7, I'm giving you another scripture. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall ride first, rise first, then we are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I don't believe the people are gonna see that they don't know Jesus, but we will know it because we're gonna be there. We Christians, children of God, call this a rapture. I have people tell me, where's the rapture in the Bible? Well, it's called to be caught up. Amen. And a picture of this is described, and I wanna, I've got four minutes, I'll find something to talk about. And the picture of this is, I want to tell you about this. There's a Dr. Adrian, or Adrian, he's American, Rogers, writes in his book, The Twinkling of an Eye. He writes this. There was a metal scrapyard near my home while I was growing up. And in the scrapyard was a large crane with a powerful magnet attached to the cable, which would pick up metal. And as they swung this magnet over the ground, all the iron and the ground would rise up and stick to this magnet. They would go and switch off the magnet and drop it into a bin. And this is what they would do. Only that which was made of iron, because the iron has the same nature as the magnet. Likewise, if you have the same nature as Jesus Christ, then when he comes, only you are going up. Whether you're beneath the ground or above the ground, you're going up. If you have been heaven born, you will be heaven bound. There is no other way. We've got to get our act together. You might say, I am ready. Are you ready? You're sitting here, you're listening to the words. You're listening to the word of God. You're in, we, I see the youngsters and, the, and some of the olders in the front yard dancing and praising the Lord. In that twinkling, you could be gone. What about the family? I've got to go home quickly and tell my mother, and my brother, my uncle, my aunt, my children about Jesus. It's too late. It's too late to cry when Jesus has taken us. I say us because I know I'm going because I confess one John 1 now all the time. I'm going to be with him. And I'm going to be with those that have gone on ahead of us. Are you? Am I going to see you in heaven? Are you going to see your family in heaven? Well, I want to tell you something. No matter who preaches from this pulpit, we cannot do more than instill in you the desire to see your family. Because your family will, may never come to this church. 
They may never watch religious programs. They may never ever have an Apostle Theo come and call them off the beach and say, come, I want to go and show you something. Or Brother Kelly say, listen, come and see what's happening here. You are that person. And I think you need to get your act together. We not need to start saving the lost. And I like this, I don't know who coined this, but at any cost. Don't worry about offending you. I know, I used to speak to people. Can I talk to you about Jesus? I don't want to hear about Jesus. Well, the Bible says that you don't have to get them to, you have to say, well, listen, you know Jesus is coming. All you have to do is say, Jesus, here I am. I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me in Jesus' name. Amen. In one minute, 35 seconds, I'll tell you, I used to do a lot of motor car racing. I had many roles and many accidents and things like that. We had quite a few close ones also, Apostle. We used to race each other, and we'll leave that. All right. Um, and, and, and in that split second of that accident or that rolling on that track or wherever it is, in that split second, you've heard people say your whole life goes before your eyes. It does in seconds. If they know about Jesus and that Mack truck is coming at them, I believe they have the time to say, Jesus, forgive me. But if they've never been told about him, they're going to hell. So tell them. Mom, dad, son, I want to just tell you, Jesus, the only way to heaven is to accept Jesus. So I want you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't have to do it now. You can do it later. But do it before it's too late. Amen. 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 Well, I saved 39 seconds. Man. <laughs> Pastor Mary, you're proud of me? Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.